Hello and welcome to what is a very special 150th episode of the Startcast. That's Press Start Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. I'll be your host, Ewan Roxburgh. I'm joined today by my fellow gamers, Shannon. Hello. Matt. It is way too early to be here. <laughs> it's pretty cold too. We're doing well. And Brody. Hello. I love how we, in classic Startcast fashion, we spent the last five minutes over here arguing about what drinks we're going to have on stage today. We discovered all sorts of interesting things about our tea and coffee preferences. Um, which and is you and one of these orange juice in like a takeaway coffee ha- cup. I've already had really a coffee bizarre. today. I didn't want to have a second one. It was more of a riveting discussion than the arguments we've had about potatoes in the past. Though. I've already had a coffee and I need another one because it's like a pre-coffee coffee. So That's true. Yeah. Pre-coffee coffee? Yeah. I've never heard of such a thing. Yeah. It's a thing. Never heard of it. But how crazy is this? We're at live at Fed Square in celebration of 150th episode. It's yeah. a pretty wild thing to do. Woo! Yeah, thank you very much. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know if we ever saw this coming. This is a bit of a surprise. Probably to not. Think, to think what, is a... Was it 100 casts ago we were sitting on your couch in, yeah. in, your, in yeah. your spare room? <laughs> yeah, yeah, 15th Doing episode, a... we just got together and hung out. This yeah. is a bit, bit of a more special occasion than that <laughs> in the back of my house. A little bit. <laughs> I always saw it coming. Well, yeah. <laughs> it was inevitable. This was your vision all along, yeah. <laughs> and how are you feeling, Matt? We're a week away from Melbourne coming back into the finals. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty pumped that I get to see my team play finals for the first time in 12 years. The last time they were in the finals, I was 16, so um, a lot's happened in those, in those 12 years. Did you manage to get tickets? Uh, yeah, I did, so um, let's hope it's not pouring with rain, because um, I'd rather not get flooded and you know probably see my team it's lose. It's safe to assume it will be at some point during the match. Yeah, more than likely. Does that work against you? I'm not, I'm not a big footy guy. I don't know how to Melbourne perform in the wet. Surely uh, they're used to it, right? Well... They've been up and down in the wet. They've been up and down all year, so yeah. it's going to be interesting to see how they go. But All right. Yeah. All right. So. Well, we've got heaps to discuss today. Um, if you're unfamiliar uh, with the Startcast, uh, we like to discuss a whole bunch of things, um, but we uh, often have a game show that's one of our own creation uh, that goes by the name What the Wiki. Uh, and the basic premise of the game is we read the details of a game uh, from a Wikipedia page. Obviously, the game is unknown to the contestants, and you've got to try and guess what it is. It's sort of like a who am I sort of scenario, but Wikipedia descriptions are notoriously a bit wacky, so it always provides some, some entertainment. Uh, so we're going to give it a go now. Let me just pull out my, my notes. Um, a reminder as well that last week on What the Wiki... Uh, we had uh, James and Matt battle it out, uh, and James walked away with the point. So thanks to the unofficial, sorry, the official What the Wiki keeper of the score at Jamie Penning over on Twitter, uh, we have James on 10 points, Brody and Steven on 6 points, and Matt on 2 points. So uh, you guys have got, uh, got an opportunity here to catch some ground up on... on you you, you don't on have any right. points, no. There's, uh, not scored any at all. There's one thing that might, may confuse people at home is if they go back and listen to these casts, this is going to be in the middle of three additional casts. So this is like retroactively applying points because it's 150 yeah. but we've already done 151 and two that's yeah. all right this is the most important one so <laughs> if i take the point so i gotta matters. i gotta be careful here not to reveal the uh the games to you yeah, no cheating shannon have the some benefit, respect the benefit of printing everything out rather than operating from a google doc is usually matt jumps into the google doc and edits everything <laughs> as i'm trying to read it and I've, I've nearly said some pretty awful things before uh all right game number one contestants are you ready yes, yes. yeah Oh, and I'm going to note as well, if anyone out there in the audience reckons they can guess the game, uh, just raise your hand or shout if the Pip-Boy can... Ah, oh, he's busy taking photographs. Look at him. What a poser. 
Uh, but if he notices anyone, bring, please bring it to our attention. Uh, that we do have some PAX passes to give away, so it's uh, worth having a crack if you reckon you guessed the game. Was I just? Did I just show you everything there? No, I, mean, I, I'm not, I'm I was waving the piece of paper at looking. the same time. That's All right, it. get your phone out, get new games. Game number one. The game was originally planned to be a PlayStation 3 title, but due to high development costs for that console, Capcom instead decided to develop it for the Wii. Prior to its debut, a demo of the game was included with a Japanese copies of a remake in the first game of the series. A special bundle was also released on August 1st featuring the game packaged in a black Wii console and a, with a black Wii console and a classic controller pro. On August 3rd, 2009, Capcom issued a press release confirming the game would be localized for North America and European markets. On February 24th, 2010, hope you keep tracking all these dates, uh, Capcom announced that online play would be provided free of charge. All the uh, Shannon, Shannon I, I'm going to say Monster Hunter with absolutely no confidence, but I don't know which one either. Uh, yeah. Incorrect answer. Uh, so I'm going to keep reading. You guys can still guess. Everyone yeah. out in the crowd can still guess. Uh, although now online play is no longer supported, in America and Europe, separate servers were used and We Speak is supported, making it the first game in the franchise to include native VOIP capability. It was a critical and commercial success. An enhanced port was released for the Nintendo 3DS in Japan on December 2011. Oh, uh, okay. And in North America and Europe in March 2013. Matt? Matt? I'm probably totally wrong. Is it Xenoblade Chronicles? No, no. This. Let me back in. Do we have a guess? It is most time to try. Well done. I noticed you're wearing an Enforcer shirt. Do you, uh, so uh, probably can't give you a Giving pass. Giving all the passes. Do you have a friend here that wouldn't want to pass? He's already hooked them up. It's a loaded question. <laughs> all right, okay. We'll discuss it later. My people will talk to your people. Uh, all right. So we, we usually do a best of threes. <laughs> Our contestants aren't doing well at the moment, doing much better on the enforcer front. Well done. Uh, so that one was submitted by a friend of the show, at Jamie Penning. So notoriously hard. James he would does, be very angry. He does like to challenge he, you guys. He wasn't here for Capcom. <laughs> um, this game was picked by me, so that's going to be a, a clue. Think about the kind of games I might have played as a child. Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> was it Crash Bandicoot? Um, although it has been before. He would be right to guess that. <laughs> The game is a platform game developed by Eurocom and published by G in GT Interactive Matt. for the PlayStation. Is this Spyro? No, it's not Spyro. <laughs> what <laughs> it developed by? Good guess. <laughs> Spyro is developed by Insomniac. What are you doing? Continue. A version was developed for the Nintendo 64 and reviewed in both Nintendo Official Magazine UK and Nintendo Power, whose January 2000 edition even got a strategy guide for the game, but it was cancelled at the last minute. On February 12, 2018, Pico Interactive launched a Kickstarter campaign confirming that the unreleased Nintendo 64 will finally see a release in September 2018, but also Microsoft Windows version on Steam. It was funded the same day. The player takes control of either Ruff or Tumble, a brother and sister who are sleeping and trying to free Winks from a man named Nightcap and his accomplice. It's a pretty... No? Uh, Shannon. <laughs> Shannon? Oh. Is it Blinks? No. That's on Xbox. <laughs> Threadbare. Uh, from his accomplice, Threadbare. Winks are small white creatures who make dreams and hoodwinks, which are green and of a similar size, are responsible for any nightmares. Throughout the game, the player co can collect moon-shaped tokens, which are used to scream at dreamy apparitions, and Z-shaped tokens, which stop the player's character from waking up. you got no I idea. I've got no idea. Has anyone got any idea what the game this is? Oh. Yeah. Do you know what's the game? It is 40 winks. Well done. What is... What are you talking... 
She she might have had a bit of an advantage there, as that is my mother. Is that your mum? Uh, might might also Rigged. there might also be some bias there, which means I don't know if we can necessarily give her a pass. I think you're the only one that's how, ever how played that game. How rigged is this contest today? Although although mum, have you got a Pax boss yet? Are you planning to go to Pax? If if you've listened to the podcast before, you know that my mum is an avid Minecraft player. She plays countless hours in that game. Sometimes a bit hard to get. Considering considering you bought your mum a switch, it's pretty. She's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I do look up. Cooler than you, I'd I say, quite comfortably. <laughs> are we going to guess any of these? I don't. I don't know if you are. This is going at the moment. Like I've got two games left on this list, so it's looking like. Are they I'm hard? Going to guess one. Nah, the next two are pretty easy, I reckon. Mainstream. <laughs> the game where it was released for Wonder Swan back yeah. in. You know. Are you trying to suggest that Forty Winks is obscure? I don't know. Like. It's, no, it's pretty I, I'm fairly sure that was a classical hit. Like everyone thinks fondly on that See, game. The way you're talking just makes me think that you 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 pretty much skipped the '64 generation. So, well, I was too busy playing 40 Winks, wasn't I? You were Never too, made you were too busy being two years old. So, <laughs> that, there's that too. Uh, all right, game number three. This has got to be an easier game. All right, you got to get this. The game is an upcoming action-adventure game played from a third-person view. Although compared to another series, the game features no role-playing game elements such as character creation, class, and equipment upgrades, as well as having no multiplayer elements. Rather than attacking to whittle away at enemies' health points, combat in the game revolves around using a katana... Matt. To at Matt? Is it... Uh, oh, what is it? Sekiro Shadows Die Twice? It is. Well done, Matt. Yay. Well done. We're How finally... go from 40 weeks to that? <laughs> I'm trying to keep you in the loop, aren't I? Like, I'm trying to throw you off. So good. <laughs> All right, uh, so game number three. Matt, if you get this, it's an easy victory for you. If someone else gets it, then I've got no idea what we're going to do because I've only got so many games and not one for a tiebreaker. The game is a role-playing video game played in a first-person perspective as V, a mercenary whose sex, hairstyles, face, body type, Brody. body modifications... Back, Brody? Is it Cyberpunk? It is Cyberpunk, yeah. That was too easy. <laughs> oh, All right, no. well, uh, I'm going to award you both a point. What about we have an arm wrestle? Play an arm wrestle. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, do an arm wrestle. Where, where can we do this? On Shannon's lap. <laughs> how about how about Shannon just gets off no, you guys can jump off a chair. Whoa, where are you going? Like, Whoa. <laughs> Both jump off your chair and just do it on the chair. Is that gonna work or is the chair back gonna get in the way? How's this gonna work? I thought I thought a Fortnite dance on the ground. was gonna be a terrible suggestion, but this is somehow Why worse. Why don't you just do paper, scissors, rock? Oh, that's a better idea. Much <laughs> We're both muscular right. men. We just want to wrestle. Okay. Are you Best of one. Go. All right. Three, Wait. two, one. <laughs> oh, yeah. well done, Matt. The I only way you apparently can you can score points is by uh, <laughs> by rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> Uh, all right, so on the on the cast, uh, we do like to discuss a bit of news as well. But I thought, given that we're here on this special occasion, we would we would tackle a bit of a bigger topic, uh, and sort of conscious that we are in a in a public space and uh, sort of forcing people to listen to us. Um, that not everyone might be as into video games as we are. Uh, so I wanted to ask you guys, how do we sell people on video games? Like, why are video games so special in our eyes? And why is it that we think people that don't necessarily share our love for games should, should give them a go? Brody, why, why is it that you love video games? Uh, personally, um, I like video games because of the stories. I'm a very big story person. Anyone that has uh, heard me speak about games before will know I like games like Bioshock and things like that that have uh, I don't know, really twisty sort of stories that I could easily see in a film. So um, while I like them for that reason, I imagine there's a myriad of reasons why people would like video games. Like, 
<clears throat> some people like the community aspect, some people like the competitive aspect, some people just like like escapism. So I don't know, it really depends on the individual. Yeah. Do you share share some sort of opinion, Matt? Uh to a, to a certain respect, yeah. Um, I mean, personally, uh, video games to me, like, I was, I was kind of, you know, inducted at a young age. Um, first console was a Super Nintendo, and it was kind of, it was kind of like connecting with family as well, because like at that time, it was like, you know, playing with my mom and my dad, and you know, just being together, you know, as a family playing video games and stuff. And then as you get older, you kind of use it as an escape rather than, you know, like it's, it's. It's a lot of people have their own sort of vices, like people watch movies, people watch TV shows, you know, video games has always kind of been that escape where I can just get into something, I can play the story, I can be a part of it, um, you know, and just lose myself in it for hours at a time, just forget everything. So, so why, why would you choose a video game, say, over a movie or a TV show? What's uh, the appeal there? I think because it's just, because of the interactivity, um, you're, you are actively you know, being a part of that story, you know, like you're not just a fly on the wall, you're, you're controlling it, you're making things happen. And I think, especially if it's got a really good story or if it's a really sort of long game, then it's something that you just lose, you lose track of time. I mean, you know, going back ages ago when you used to play stuff like, you know, the old God of War, you know, you used to play, like, I remember one of the biggest ones that I played was Black and just losing myself in the story on PS2, you know, even though for a first-person shooter you wouldn't expect in the modern day they'd have stories, but yeah. it had a significant story and it was, you know, that sort of focus and just, you know, going through it and, yeah, you just, you lose track of time and you really get invested in, you know, what's being presented, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, story's a big part of it for me as well, like, if you've, if you've listened to the, the cast before, I have a habit of just like constantly banging on about The Last of Us because it's, it's one of my favorite games ever. I don't, Matt, Brody's already ro rolling his eyes, like here he goes again. Um, but, uh, but I think like story in that game is incredible and I feel like so many people, if they were to experience that game, they would realize the sort of narrative potential of video games. And that's partly why I'm so keen to see it made into a movie because I just feel like if people saw that story kind of play out on a different format, they would go, wow, like, this came from a video game? That's crazy. Um, and but to then be able to spend, like, 18 hours or however long it takes you to play through the game with those characters, you, you kind of get so much more. Um, and so I feel like it might encourage people to sort of better appreciate the stories that you have in video games. But, Shannon, you've obviously been playing video games for a long time. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and have maybe sort of, like, started playing them in the days where story wasn't so much of a focus and it was more sort of gameplay sort of related. I don't know, would, would you say that? Like, was there something to do with the gameplay there and not just the story? Yeah, I, for me personally, it's taken... I guess it's gone 180 again. So, yeah, when I was younger, obviously we used to play games like Crash and Spyro that... You had this character on screen, but it wasn't as much about the story as much as just getting through the level or 100%ing the level. Then, as you said, we, we sort of hit this wave with PS3 games where it was about Uncharted, Assassin's Creed, all these really intensive games, which I was super into. But I guess now that I'm so in the world of games 24-7, I would actually say, unless it's a game like God of War or something I have to play for a view, like I'm more keen to play a game of FIFA or Fortnite with you guys or something that I can just play in quick bursts. Yeah. Just to, I guess, like Matt said, escape from the day-to-day -day stuff, which is games. So it sort of doesn't really help at all. But I, th I think coming back to that as well is that uh, with the evolution of, you know, 
games, especially console games and stuff, like, you know, you got Fortnite, you got Rocket League and stuff like that. Mm. It's kind of come full circle in that, like, you know, in uh, in the old days, I used to play with, yeah, I used to play with my parents, used to play with friends. We'd take turns at Mario and stuff on the snares um, and everything. And now that it's kind of come full circle is you're now, again, playing in an online capacity, you know, like you, you know, basically almost every night this week, you know, we get on get on Fortnite, you know, squat up basically and, and get on and, and have a couple of games and it's just again it takes you away from everything you know you just get into it you just you know you play um, poor Brody's just sitting there looking like what you play Fortnite without me That's well, <laughs> we, we have invited you but you're, you're of, of the uh, the Xbox persuasion so you know that's that's up to you um, Fortnite has been good do we have many Fortnite fans about there's got to be a few surely apparently not none <laughs> um, I'm proud but, uh, my people for, yeah, we, we do have a Fortnite drop zone over there, so if you do fancy squatting up and uh, playing a bit over there, please do. Um, but Fortnite's been good in that, like, it, it's brought us kind of a bit closer together as a team. We, yeah. we used to hate each other before Fortnite came out, but I still now that. we hate each other a little <laughs> bit less. Um, but it's been good that we've we've been able to like squat up and, and catch up on a regular sort of basis and, and have a lot of fun with that game. Um, and I think it's kind of brought me closer to my brother in a way too. So, like, we we sort of played games a lot together, sort of growing up. Um, I remember like waking up in the early hours of the morning to get as much game time in as possible before our parents woke up. Actually, um, but uh, but nowadays, I, I guess for a while, like we were playing different games and more single-player sort of games, and so we drifted apart a bit in that sort of sense. Um, but Fortnite, like almost every night now, we're online, yeah. squatting up, and it's the same for like FIFA. Like my brother doesn't play games at all, has uh -huh. no idea what I do day to day. But when he comes over, we'll play FIFA all the time, and that's. As you like, that's why games are so awesome. Like, it brings people together no matter what you're playing, really. Yeah, yeah. and it's funny how like games have that sort of kind of like antisocial sort of stigma attached to yeah. them. Um, but it's very unfair because I think in so many ways, video games do bring people closer together, and we're going to see that uh, at PAX as well. Yeah, like, for uh, sure. Th when the thousands of community members all rock up and just share their passion of games together, it's a hugely sort of social community-driven event. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, but we do have some, some news to discuss, and, and maybe talking about Fortnite, I'll just kind of like quickly throw that in. Um, I, <laughs> we've immediately lost Brody. He's like, oh, Fortnite, I'm going to clock it out. You can just sip your black coffee over there, Brody. Um, but did you see the, there was a dev update last night? They're going to change like how the storm works. So like in the later stages of the game, it's going to like delete your structures in the final sort of circle. Yeah. I no. I Jake tagged us this that, morning on Instagram. Well, like, how does that sound then? Is a first impression. Uh, I don't know. Like, I feel like every change that Fortnite makes to its game has like worked for the better. Yeah. Um, uh, they're they're a uh, Epic is you know a company that's actively listening to their fans and like basically the fans are help molding the game into what it is and considering it's a consistently evolving thing I think that like I haven't been upset with any of the changes they've made um, I think everything that's been brought into it has made the game more fun it's changed that it's made like you know you can't stick to the same play style as you would when you first started because now there's so many different variables that you know um, I think that's a good thing because it's just the, the like you know yeah it's it's unpredictable um, so 
Yeah, I'm, it, I'm all for it. I don't think it changes things that much, though, does it? It if, does, big time. What are you talking about? But if, if your structures are in a storm and they're getting destroyed... Like, but if you've, if you've built out with a structure and the, the back half's in the storm, then basically you yeah. lose that entire structure. That, yeah. like, obviously, they don't play as much as you two, but does that, that really happen? Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. the only way I ever win games. If now you're that sitting, power is taken away from me. If you're sitting on the edge of the storm and that storm moves in and you're sitting in a structure on the edge of the storm, then yeah, that's it, call. goodbye. Yeah, so, true. Yeah. yeah. Well, on the, on the topic of sort of building a community that you've raised there, Matt, I'm going to skip past a couple of news things, but we'll cycle back to it. Um, Destiny uh, is now free to play. Uh, when, sorry, not, when I back. say free for, the, for PlayStation Plus members this month, right? Um, Thank you for, for involving firstly, me. Firstly, what's your impressions on that, that it's now going to be free for PlayStation players? I mean, it's, I think it's only, from what I understand, I think it's only the base yeah. game of Destiny, so they're still, you know, like... Hundred dollars worth of updates behind in that regard. So um, even the elements don't care about Destiny. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think it'll be good. I think if if people can get in and sort of experience the base game and sort of see what it has to offer, because um, the meta has changed considerably since when uh, Destiny Two launched, um, and they they roll out sandbox updates that apply across the board regardless of whether you have the content or not, and they've gradually because Destiny Two lost me probably. A handful of months after it came out, and I've, I haven't really played it since the first expansion. Yeah. Um, but with the, the expansions coming out next week, it's very uh, the Taken King-ish, which was sort of, sort of the thing that revived Destiny One. So they're doing a lot of those good quality of life changes. So if people can sort of get in this month and see all the changes that have been made, it might sort of compel them to get into the content. And yeah. So if you get that base game, like. I guess, how much are you sort of missing out on in terms of what's been released after? Like, is it a completely different experience or do you get some of the updates just based on, like, patches and whatever else? Well, like I said, it's pretty much only the the updates that affect the mechanics of the game. Like, okay, you, don't, yeah. you don't get any of the extra content. Content, like, yeah. You, you get some of the things like um, the Solstice of Heroes and stuff like that, which is, like, a, just a community-based thing where you can okay. collect uh, aesthetic things. But, um, but... I think they're sort of shooting themselves in the foot with uh, the Forsaken DLC as well, though, because to buy that, you need to have bought the previous two that have already come out. Right. So, so you're going to need to have a considerable investment. To if you have nothing, it's still like a full-price game to get. Essentially, yeah. yeah. Like, you may as well just go out and you can buy Forsaken in a pack with all the other DLCs for about $100 anyway. Yeah, so. and that was going to be my question. Like, is it sort of a reaction to the sort of... Uh, there wasn't as much hype surrounding the second game, I feel. Like, peop- there was... A lot of people sort of intaking the first one. <laughs> yeah. But like in, in the first one, people were really excited about it, and a lot of people played it, where I don't feel yeah. like the same story can be said for Destiny 2. Like, no, do you think it's a reaction to that, or are they trying to drive people towards the DLC, do you think? Well, the player base has dropped off considerably. Um, so I, I think it's going to be a similar thing with Destiny 1. The same thing happened. It launched, it was huge, it sold heaps, uh, and then the player base dropped off. So then they just released this big paid expansion that they've been working on for months to uh, sort of get everyone back in. Yeah. And it's certainly working on me. It's working on all my friends. We're already planning to uh, get up at 3 in the morning when it rolls out and no way. play it before work for a few hours. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, it should be good. That's wild. Uh, well, speaking of sort of updates in the, the game front as well, um, we had news this week of Xbox launching this all-access sort of subscription service. Only in America, unfortunately. We're not getting it here just yet. Um, but if you missed it, there's going to be no upfront cost for one uh, low monthly price for 24 months. Xbox all-access will give you an Xbox One or an X, sorry, an Xbox One S or an Xbox One X um, and access to over uh, 100 games through Xbox Game Pass and online multiplayer with Xbox Live Gold. So this is kind of rolling out much in the way that like a mobile 
mobile phone subscription would sort of work. Um, you pay, I think, uh, I've got the prices here, actually, hang on. Um, so it'd be 22 US a month for the Xbox One S and 35 US for the Xbox One X. With a two-year subscription, I think. With a, yeah, yeah, on like a, on a two-year contract yeah. kind of thing, I guess. Um, yeah, but haven't they, yeah, unlike mobiles, though, uh, where you probably end up paying more in the long run, I think yeah. they've come out and said that this is actually going to be more cost-effective and cheaper in the yeah, long run, yeah. which is surprising. Well, when you think about like just the sheer amount of games that you get with Game Pass, yeah. and some pretty quality games and as well. And all, all their first-party games that come out. Yeah, so. yeah, and they're staying pretty up-to-date, too, with it as well. Um, do you think that this is going to be the future of gaming? Like, can we see more... Um, console sort of going this way in terms of like it being a subscription service and never having to pay an upfront cost? Well, yeah, we know that that's where these companies are making money through PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Game Pass, which has been awesome, and Nintendo's mm. online that's launching soon. So, yeah, I, th I think it's awesome. Like, not everyone can afford to go out and pay $650 for a One X, $100 for a game, then you've got to buy Xbox Live, Game Pass. You're looking at eight or $900, where 20 or 30 bucks a month is a lot more feasible. Yeah, and even though I know you're probably paying a little bit more overall, or a little bit less, or whatever it is, like it's you're still paying twenty five bucks a month, so it never seems like you're spending that much money. So yeah, I think it's the future. Yeah, Matt, can you? Uh, what are you guys doing over there? Uh, Matt, can you see yourself kind of signing up for this? Is this something that you'd be excited for? I'm I'm in two minds. Um, like I think it's a great idea, and I think it's a great way to get people, especially for people who can't really afford a console up front and everything. Like it gets a lot more families into gaming. Um, you know, and it works a lot better in that regard. Uh, you know, especially considering the huge library behind it and everything. Um, I think that, like, for the US, it probably works a lot better than it does for Australia, considering that, you know, Australia's internet is still so patchy, it's not funny. Um, considering there's areas where there's no MBN rollout scheduled for... Or any internet know, at all. Yeah, yeah, for, you know, for the next six to 12 months. Um, you know, so I think... That plays a big part in it, is that accessibility um, as well. My, my biggest concern is more the fact that like, it's, it's cheaper in the long run um, if, you, like, if you sign up for the, the service. Like, I think calculated that the Xbox One X service was uh, 35 US, which turned out to be 840 bucks over two years. Um, now, taking into account the Game Pass, the Xbox Live, and the console itself, it's you know, a cheap bundle. But it's more the fact is like, and I, you notice that a lot of telcos do this you know, in the modern day, is they do this whole leasing thing rather than you know, sort of like you know, going on a contract and by the end of it, you own it. So basically, yeah. my, my worry would be that at the end of the two years uh, when the contract's up is do they take the console back or do you, you know? Do they get to keep it? Cause yeah, no. I looked. I looked really closely because I thought they must be like a one-off fee at the end, where they where they get you an extra two hundred or three hundred dollars. But it seems to just be once you've got the console. Yeah, that was it's my because unless yours after two years. Yeah, unless they actively state, you know, it's a leasing contract or whatever. Like that. That would be my big worry is that you know, like you've already paid so much to access all this stuff, but at yeah. the end of two years, and like I get that it's also a sort of a rollout stage because we know that you know the the console companies are in the next stage of trying to get their next one up and running. You know. Um, or in a development stage at least. But, yeah, it's, it's more the fact is it's like, you know, if you're paying for that experience over two years, it's, it's great up until the end of that two years. It's like, where do you go from there? Like, do they have a trade-in service? Do they, like, if they've got a trade-in thing afterwards, like, if you pay that two, you know, two years thing and then you can trade up to the next brand of console and do the same thing, mm. then I can see that working, you know, like, that's a great thing. But it's, mm. just, it's just like, unless, until more details come out about the whole thing, you know, and whether or not, I suppose it doesn't really matter for us because we're not getting it here yet. Um, where, do, you know, where do you go from there? So, 
I was going to say, do you think going forward that they'll uh, sort of use this model to launch consoles? Like, do you think, because uh, they've got that Scarlet console coming out, whether it's in the next year or two, yeah. um, do you think they'll use that for, like, a launch pro uh, yeah, model? Yeah, I, I think this will probably be, like a, like, a testing sort of phase, I'd imagine. Like, I think they'll sort of see how this sort of plays out in the States. Um, but I can see it being very successful. Um, and I can see them sort of wanting to roll it out kind of globally, yeah. um, given, given that the markets are suited for it, which I think in most cases probably would be. I think um, it's I think it's safe to assume that they're not making much. If someone goes and buys an Xbox, like maybe the the One S One S now, like they're making a bit of money. But the One X, like I think it's safe to assume they're making what like fifty dollars at most on every console purchase. So I think it, the way forward is to lock people in subscription wise. Like if you've got the console in your house, chances are you're going to subscribe to Game Pass, Xbox Live, and long term that's just a huge money maker for them. So I think. I can't see it not working, and I can't see them not using it going forward as well. It'd be interesting to see like how soon it becomes kind of the mainstream thing, and if that is the way that we're headed. Um, I don't know if I can see it kind of being the thing next generation. I feel like that's probably a bit too soon. Um, I don't know. We, we've never really like discussed this. How soon we think we'll get next generation consoles? But I feel I like we're only a couple of years away. I feel like because a lot of a lot of companies in the past have already tried to rent consoles to people, like you know, third party companies. I mean, like even telcos were doing that thing where like you know, you get a you get a mobile phone on a contract and you get a free Xbox or whatever. You know, back in the day when they used to do it. I think that. Coming direct from the supplier, from the you know, from Microsoft itself or from Sony or whatever, is probably a safer bet than you know all these other companies that sort of rent consoles to people and you know at the end because they're they're doing it at a price that is family friendly and you know like uh, financially friendly, whereas the other companies are kind of like a little bit higher trying and they're to make trying to cut. Yeah, they're basically making a profit on that and almost taking advantage of people. And then at the end, yeah, like it's it's a lot sort of shadier. So. Um, but I think there's enough, you know, there's enough people out there that want to get into gaming, but the consist like as you said earlier, the consistent costs of buying new games and everything is uh, it's detrimental to you know sort of the way people do things in the modern day. So mm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, hopefully it get, gets more people sort of involved. Like I think it's the end of the day. Like as a gamer and sort of doing what we do, I just want to see more people just kind of get on board and and have fun with games. And if that allows that, uh, that'd be great. Um, speaking of games that were undoubtedly have fun with, though, did you guys watch the, the new gameplay that was released for Cyberpunk 2077? I, it was like a 40-minute long yeah. video that they put out, so it's I, long. Because I knew doing this, and I knew that we were talking about it. I watched a little bit of it last night. Uh, um, I'm trying to actively avoid a big chunks of it like that, yeah. partly because I always find it boring to replay those parts when I eventually get the game, and because I didn't want to spoil it for myself. But yeah. The bits I did see looked very good. Yeah, that, that is an interesting point that you bring yeah. up because it is, it is like 40 minutes of the game they showed off yeah. like thereabouts. You that can't see the whole mission like, play out. I feel like it's more like a concept video than like an actual chunk of important gameplay though. You don't think that's a mission straight from the game? Well, it's weird because as we were talking about this week, like they've said that it's playable start to finish. Yeah. But then they've also said the reason they didn't want to show that gameplay was because they haven't finalised mechanics or what will be in the game and what will make it. So I still don't really know where they're at in terms of... I suppose they can, like, chop and change things sort of on the go. Like if they release that... I don't know. Like I don't know how Game of the Year works. Right now, <laughs> yeah. it'll be, like, Game of the Year. Well, I think that's why they showed it, because, like, that was the reaction from yeah. press and everyone else. I mean, there was a crazy amount of excitement around it, like 500,000 people I thought you were going to say a crazy streams. amount of nudity, and I was going to say, yeah, there yeah, was. There was that too, yeah. It's, like, the most viewed trailer of... 2018 is it yeah. already yeah yeah it's amazing I didn't, it's funny because I don't think of that like being like a massive sort of mainstream appeal game but 
it obviously is. Like, yeah, even when The Witcher came out, like there was excitement for it, but I didn't feel like it was more than like a Red Dead or a Fallout. But yeah, yeah obviously people are really hyped for anything they put out. Yeah, people value quality. Yeah, that's true. I, I think personally I've tried to avoid a lot of the stuff that's come out about it because I want to go in like with a, you know, absolutely knowing nothing about it. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I don't want to watch a trailer and then turn around and go, oh, they changed the puddles. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was pretty wild this I, week, Yeah, though. I don't want, you know, like, you, you see these gameplay trailers or, you know, gameplay trailers and then, like, you know, you see the sort of, like, low-res things. It's like, I think that whole that whole Spider-Man thing that happened during the week is, is a, a testament to how over-the-top some gamers can be and just that, you know, um, don't watch a trailer and religiously hope that it's exactly what you're seeing because yeah. it's not... It's never going to be exactly what... I mean... If you weren't burned by No Man's Sky, then, you know, there's no point in continuing it's on. It's not so. like... Uh, we can't talk too much about Spider-Man yet, but obviously Brody and I have played it quite a bit at this point. But, like, there's things in games now, like dynamic lighting, like dynamic weather, like... Dyna- like, there's so many things that would just change from playthrough to playthrough that you yeah. wouldn't notice unless you were, like, directly comparing a trailer from two years ago to, yeah. like, one person's upload of the footage now. Like, if, if you're unfamiliar with this story that we're referring to, um, in about a week's time... It's a week away, isn't it? Spider-Man comes yeah, out. Less than not, six days. Oh, six yeah. days now. Um, and there's a lot of excitement going on for it, but people started online comparing some early sort of footage of the game with stuff that's coming out now and found that there's fewer puddles in the game. The puddles don't look as good. Uh, and they were, cons- like, accusing it of being, like, a, a downgraded version of the game. Um... I think we all sort of come down on the side that it's a bit of an overreaction. Is that it happens sort of a every massive game? overreaction? Yeah. Literally every game. Like, yeah, it, I remember it most happened, like most notably with Watch Dogs. It was yeah. like people accusing that. Like, it happened with Bioshock Infinite well. before it came out. Yeah, big downgrades there apparently. But I mean, what hasn't it happened to in recent times? Yeah, true. It does happen. I remember the Battlefield games copping a bit too. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's, it's different when you've got like a reveal trailer that's obviously like CGI or whatever, or, or not running in engine, where I feel like this was always running in engine. And if certain things have changed along the way to make it run smoother or whatever else, like that's understandable. It's been two years since they showed that versus this. So, but the puddle thing is just ridiculous. Like, <laughs> yeah. Matt, would you have liked a Spider-Man game with more puddles in it? Uh, considering that Melbourne's weather is so, like, you know, up and down, I get enough puddles as it is. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm fine with, you know, the amount of puddles in my game. I don't, I, don't, uh, I don't value my games on the amount of puddles in them. So Yeah, yeah. Needs more water. Um, it's fine. <laughs> uh, all right, we do have uh, another round of What the Wiki to play, so it's got more points up for grab. Reminder uh, that if you want to participate, if you think you know the game that I'm reading out, do shout out. We do have some PAX passes to give away. Just raise your hand or shout your name or make some sort of obscure animal noise. Do not throw your chairs. Do, do not sh- throw chairs. <laughs> it's happened to us before. It was not fun. That was it. No. Don't judge me for what I do. <laughs> Good joke. <laughs> Uh, all right, which, which game are we up to? Oh, we've done 40 Winks. That was everyone's favourite. Uh, all right. I still don't know what that is. I don't even know what to expect <laughs> you guys, at this I'm point. Gonna, I'm going to no spam idea. you with 40 Winks trailers now. Please don't. You can, so you can enjoy that little grain of my childhood. Uh, instead of pre-rendered backgrounds of the Resident Evil games that preceded it, the game uses an original real-time engine with 3D environments. Gameplay features traditional survival horror mechanics, including action and puzzles, and it was developed and more to have more consistent visceral terror. Brody. With Brody? Resident Evil 2? Nope. 
she. <laughs> uh, with the dinosaurs being quick, intelligent, and violent, Capcom would later market the game as a panic horror as opposed to a Shannon survival horror. Shannon? Dino Crisis. Dino Crisis. You picked up with the keyword big dinosaurs. Yeah. Well done, Shannon. Suddenly I waited two seconds. Yeah. I was thinking Lol. that. I was like, oh, he's going bold. He's going like before the keyword. Quick, retroactively change your answer. It's Resident Evil Dino Crisis. Yes. I love that they, <laughs> they went from Resident Evil to a survival horror game about dinosaurs. Like, I don't know how you sort of make that the jump. The balls that on those bit, guys. That's, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's Capcom, right? Yeah. Yeah. Capcom are crazy. <laughs> Dino Crisis good, good needs crazy. to make a comeback. I know. Oh, well, I actually pulled this from a list of games that need to make a comeback. There okay. was like a reset there you go. thread this week. Yeah. I would love to, I'd love to see that. A survival I'm horror game. I was just saying, the, the Pip-Boy over there, he's, he's wigging me out. <laughs> <That's> so good. <laughs> I don't know if that's cute or creepy. It's kind of a... Bit, bit of both. <laughs> I, think, I think he wants to fight you. His, <laughs> his face doesn't move. It's horrifying. Yeah. Just permanently smiling. No one so is happy. that impossibly happy. I just like. imagine just imagine walking through the streets of Melbourne and he's following you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> imagine the people on the train on the way in with Pitboy today. They're like, what is going on? Uh, all right, game number two. The game will focus extensively on party-based features and mechanics, scarcity and resources, and removing abstractions from game mechanics to increase realism. There will be an expanded focus on player customization through the new company system, where players will be able to create multiple characters with very cosmetic and weapon options. Cosmetic items and currency used to purchase others will be earned by completing in-game objectives. Liking the sound of it so far? Uh, the game will feature several new multiplayer modes, including the continuous campaign modes, Tides of War, Royale, and Grand Operations. The Grand Operations mode is an expansion... Brody? Brody? Battlefield 5? It is Battlefield 5. Hey. Well done. You guys are getting sharper. Okay, yeah. they were the easy ones. We're warming up. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, so, wait, where are we at? Shannon's on one, Brody's on one? Matt's on zero. Matt's on zero. He just wanted to point that out. Matt, if you get the next one, you send this to a tie break. But he won the last game. So Reminder, okay. if you think you're quicker than these uh, guys, do shout out. We do have PAX passes up we for grabs. We both got a point. The game consists of open-world 3D environments interspersed with brawler battles and quick-time events. They include elements of role-playing, life simulation, and social simulation games, such as a day-night system, variable weather effects, non-player characters with daily schedules, and interactive elements such as vending machines, arcades, and mini-games. The story follows the teenage martial artist Ryo Hazuki as he travels through. No. Oh, Brody just snuck in there, I think. Shenmue 3? It's not Shenmue 3, no. Oh, I can't. Uh, through the 1980s Japan and China in pursuit of his father's killer. Matt. The, yep. Is it. Oh, Yakuza. I want to say Kiwami. I made you struggle that, but it's not, no, you're, ah. you're wrong from the start. Uh, the game was the most expensive video game ever developed at the time with an estimated production and marketing cost of uh, 47 US to 70 million, though some of the development was covered uh, in the sequel to it. Despite attracting positive reviews and a cult following, the game was a commercial failure and further installments entered development hell. Shannon, do you have a guess? That's the end of the paragraph, so I've got to open it back up to everyone. Shannon? No, I got nothing. You got no guess, Matt. Is it, is it back open? Wait, wait, wait. Does anyone Does the crowd know? That's before, yeah. I, before I throw it to you, does anyone in the crowd have a guess as to what this game is? Just read the protagonist's name again. The main protagonist is Ryo Hozuki, teenage martial artist. I see, oh, I see some of the packs and forces twitching. <laughs> uh, the game is an action-adventure game developed by Sega AM2 and published by Sega for the Dreamcast in 1999 I, in Japan and 2000 in other no territories. One, if no one in the crowd Oh, I'm to... opening it back up to you guys. Oh, okay. Uh, is it Shenmue? It is. It is the first Shenmue. Yeah. 
tiebreaker. <laughs> oh, yeah, we are doing a tiebreaker. Oh, jeez. Did you guys orchestrate that? I thought, I <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just hiding the drama. That. <laughs> uh, all right, tiebreaker. Who's it going to be? The game is a platforming game in which the player guides protagonists through 40 side-scrolling levels. Levels contain elements, sorry, <laughs> elements. Levels contain enemies, bananas, and other objects and collectibles. Enemies can be defeated by stomping, rolling, barrel rolling. Shannon. Barrel rolling. Shannon. Donkey Kong Country. It is. Well yeah. done, Shannon. The first one. The first one, yeah. Just had to guess. <laughs> Out of interest, why is that? Why Donkey Kong Country? Because um, usually you link them to news things and everything, so that's a that's an Donkey obscure Kong's one. Always the news is that Tom, Donkey Kong is cool. I think you're going to say Tom Cruise is Donkey Kong. I think I, I was just like playing play. along with the King K. Rule theme, and that was the first game he appeared in. I think. I think that's what I was doing. I can't really remember. Congratulations, Shannon. I do have another one on my list. How did that? <laughs> that means Shannon has a point. Throw it out yeah, to the I crowd. Do. Don't know how that happened. I'll throw it out. If anyone, this is a tough one. So if, uh, if anyone can guess this. Pax passes up for grabs if you can if guess you the game. If you think you know this game, guess it. Uh, as in a previous title in the series, players control a character through a variety of worlds utilizing the character's various abilities such as jumping and grabbing objects. So at the moment, pretty much any game ever. Uh, it also features various non-playing platform mini-games. Numerous multiplayer options are available as well as up to four-player online cooperative and co-op gameplay. The PlayStation Vita's multi-touch display can be used by two players for competitive games. Pass and play is also available, enabling turn-based gameplay. The Vita's rear touch panel is also used for pushing objects towards the player, creating platforms out of parts of the world. No idea what this... Yeah, we got a yes? It is! Well done! Wow, we Beautiful! Do you have any particular affinity with Little Big Planet Vita? Or the Vita. You've seen friends play it. Did you own a Vita? It's people like you that killed that console. <laughs> what are you doing? It's the best handheld ever. Vita um, is love. Vita is life. Vita is life. Reluctantly, I'm going to still give you a PAX Pass. We also have some uh, exclusive early access lanyards too. Fancy one of those? If I can rummage out of this bag. No, he just wants the pass, not a lanyard. <laughs> you don't want the lanyard? Oh, he should really give that pass to his friend. Alrighty. I'm going to try and not trip over any of these cables. There you go, mate. Who's playing Crash Bandicoot down here, by the way? I could hear it. You are, sir. Enjoying <laughs> it. Love it. Did you guys, did you guys all have Vitas? Yes. yes. I got it from Japan. Day you, one. You order yours from Japan? Yep. That's With virtual tennis, I don't Was there such a thing as a PSP Go? Yes. I think I had one of those. Nobody, the, nobody like had the one. You're the, only, you're the only one who had one. Oh, no. That's not what it I had. You uh, couldn't had put any... Like, the UN, I just had a crap piece. No, it was all digital. Yeah. yeah. The future. I, I yeah. went to Japan and the Vita was like still... Like, I went to Japan last year and the Vita was still pretty big to the point where I nearly considered buying a second one, so... You should have. Well, I've been playing a bit of Guacamelee 2 right it. now. And what was so great about the first one was that it was on Vita, obviously, and you could transfer your save over. Yeah, I remember And, like, that. be sort of playing it... You know, I, I guess like in the way the sort of Switch does now, right? Where you're sort of docking it and you're playing it at home, but then you can take it out on the go. You could kind of get away with like a similar sort of thing on the Vita, which was which was really was nice. It's the same with PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale, the best that was actually, fighter of all time. <laughs> that was actually so much fun. On, yeah. on that point, actually, you've reminded me. We've uh, we've been running a poll over the last couple of weeks on Press Start. You might have seen it on our socials. Um, we were trying to ascertain what the, the most anticipated game of 2018 was. Uh, and the, the Nintendo fans really came through and voted Super Smash Bros. as their most anticipated game. Um, beating Spider-Man in the end, but also knocked out Red Dead on the way up. 
um, quite impressively. Uh, were you guys surprised by the result in the end? Can I just say that, like, any anyone who ended up being really salty over the result... Everyone had, that like, wasn't an Nintendo They fan. had the opportunity to make their game, like, you know, one. They could have shared the post. They could have got yeah. everyone to vote for it. So I think... In the end, everyone who's just really salty and angry, you had your opportunity, you know. <laughs> that's, you, that's what it, the Smash fans did. Yeah, though, right? it was pretty cool. It was like 53, 54% in yeah, the end. So it was, it was like very close. 50, yeah, 54%. And I so was, was the Red Dead vote. So, it was pretty close. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, the fact, that, the fact that Smash Brothers came up against... Um, what did it come up against in the end? Spider-Man. Spider-Man, yeah. So, like, two console excusi- exclusives. Prior to that, Smash Brothers versus Red Dead. That's like a multi-plat game versus, yeah. an, like, a Nintendo game. So, that's that's pretty significant that, you know, like, the Nintendo fans just came out in force and then everyone's like, oh, no, Red Dead should have won. It's like, well, you vote for the game you want to win. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Did it surprise you, Brody, that it came through? I mean, you're excited for Red Dead too, right? Like, Oh, yeah, a little bit. Um, I'm surprised I beat Red Dead, only because, like Matt said, it is a big multi-platform game and, like, Rockstar, so, you know, real big. But, um, yeah, I, I kind of didn't understand the salt either, like, about it winning. Yeah. It's a good game, right? It's not as if it's... Yeah, oh, well, there was people know. calling it, oh, geez, a Wii U game one. It's like, come on, <laughs> he's up. Yeah, it's a bit harsh. All right, with that, let's bring an end to what was a very special episode 150 of the Starcast. We do still have a bit more time, so I think we're going to play some Rocket League. Matt's always been really keen to play some Rocket League. Um, and uh, perhaps we can get some people up on stage to challenge you, Matt, as well, and maybe yeah. try and win some more PAX passes along the way. You up for that? Yeah. yeah? I'd be totally keen. Awesome. You can uh, subscribe to us on Podcast One, iTunes, or any other podcast service of your choice. Uh, just search press. Star- uh, sorry, search the Starcast. You'll find us. Uh, follow us on our social media platforms at press.au and visit the site, of course, at press.com.au. Uh, you can also join the conversation using hashtag the Starcast. We take what the wiki recommendations or topic suggestions, whatever you would like us to chat about. Uh, I've been joined today by Brody. Thank you. Oh, sorry, I forgot how we end the, <laughs> I forgot, forgot, I forgot how we end the podcast. Uh, if you like, you can follow me on uh, most socials at Brody underscore DG. Also being joined today by Matt. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at MV Zamari. Um, as on the podcast all the time, I like picking fights with people on Twitter. Uh, just this morning, I had a go at Brody for not drinking black coffee. So, yeah, um, feel free to bait me and have an argument with me. We had an argument about soy, too. Were you weighing in on the argument about soy? Mm, uh, it was more the black coffee thing that triggered me. So, <laughs> where, where do you come down on adding soy to a coffee rather than milk? Uh, look, it depends. Like, I'm, I'm not one for arguing with people. I've had soy in that coffee. You just before. said <laughs> oh, No, as in, like, about, about soy. Like, people, some people can't drink milk. So if they that, have that's a life choice. Milk, I won't argue about that. So, yeah. uh, also being joined today by Shannon. Uh, yeah, you can follow me at shancake underscore on Twitter, I think. I never remember if there's an underscore or not. But either way, shancake. <laughs> he has a blue tick. <laughs> He's verified. I, I still don't know my own handle, but that's all good. You should, you should know that. You should figure that out. Especially He's when very I famous. self-promote. <laughs> uh, I've been your host, Ewan Roxburgh. You can follow me on Twitter at Ewan underscore Roxburgh. Uh, until next time, happy gaming. See you. Bye. Ciao.